Hey everyone, I'm Jade and you're listening to On Their Way, the Titans of Tomorrow Today. This episode is a real treat because we'll be talking to Crystal Judkins, who you might better know as Experience J. I really admire Crystal for her dedication to quality sound design and her commitment to amplifying black voices in the medium because as a new black voice in said medium, it's wonderful to be able to go to one place and find so many other black people from all across the world making their own cool art. But let's not dilly-dally like a bunch of lost ducklings, let's get into it. Before the interview, you're going to hear a trailer for the latest season of her podcast, Past Due, an audio series. And as always, the transcripts are at our website, wgcproductions.com. And please remember, this is a WGC production. something about morning sex that just does something to you especially when it's in your own bed in your own house that's right i finally moved out of my mama's house and into a cute ass apartment downtown i can't even describe the feeling of finally being able to have my own having the freedom to do whatever and whoever the fuck i choose all i could think about when i signed the lease was thank god <sighs> I can't help but feel like things are finally falling into place, playing out the way they should. I hadn't had this feeling since I released Kena Tells All. It's been a whirlwind of a year and I am loving it. Yes, she is booked and busy, highly favored, blessed. I've been on radio shows. Good morning, fam. This is DJ Juvie, and I'm here with the beautiful and talented Kena Matthews. That's right. Miss Kena Tells All is in the building. (laughs) Thank you so much, Juvie. It's such a pleasure to be here. And featured on podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girl Thrive. Today, we are joined by a woman who is truly thriving. Kena Boo, you really out here doing the damn thing. What tips do you have for black women trying to get on your level? Yo, if I'm going to be 100% transparent, I'm still trying to figure it all out. Um, To be honest, a lot of the shit that I'm doing right now is, is petrifying. It's scary. It's gooky and it's, it, it's scary as hell. Um, But take a chance on yourself. Even if it's scary, even if you're unsure, uncertain about the future, um, do it afraid. I've been saying that with my friends. It's been like a a common theme lately for us. Do it afraid. Jump anyway. Yes, we love it. Your girl's been working hard, and this is only the beginning. Season two, coming soon. Experience J, or Crystal Judkins, is a multi-hyphenate created from Alexandria, Virginia. She is the co-founder of Black Audio Dramas Exist, where she promotes creatively provocative audio dramas written, produced, and starring Black creatives. Experience is passionately driven by her love of the arts and the innate desire to amplify Black voices through media. She has written and produced two audio dramas, Past Due Audio Series and Kiss the Audio Series, which can currently be found on most major uh, streaming platforms. Most recently, she established Just Listen Media, where she uses her love of sound to produce innovative audio experiences that will change the face of audio dramas forever. Hey, how are you? How are you doing, Experience? I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. I'm, I'm, this is great. Full disclosure, I really appreciate Black Audio Dramas Exist because I would not 
have found as many black audio dramas without without you guys. So thank you for that. Oh wow, that's dope. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm just gonna break into this with the first question I ask quite literally everybody on the show, which is where are you from and where are your roots? Um, I am from Alexandria, Virginia. It's in the DC metro area. It's a small part of Virginia as compared to other parts and um it's almost city, but not quite. It's like a step away from being the city. But yeah, so when other people ask or discuss Alexandria or, you know, even this area, they see it as more so the South. Although we're like technically under the Mason-Dixon line, I, I feel like a Northerner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. And could you just explain in your own words what exactly it is that you do? uh everything uh (laughs) people call me the jack of all trades i am a writer a creator since i was little anything that i could do to create something put something together um it started with writing and music and just kind of flourished into those other sectors of those things as early as i can remember i was somebody who wanted to build and create things from scratch Hmm. And how exactly did you get into the audio drama sphere? Um, so a few years ago, I want to say 2017, one of my friends, actually, she started listening to Fruit by Issa Rae. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sent it to me. She was like, I don't know why I thought about you, but as soon as I heard this, I thought about you. And I literally like downloaded, I think it was Yay Wolf or something at the time where you still kind of had to pay for certain podcasts. I think that's what it's called. And um, so she gave me her password so I wouldn't have to pay. (laughs) And I just put it on and I was just like, yo, what is this? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I had never, I had heard similar things, you know, they have radio dramas and things like that, but this was so different and it was, you know, starring black people you know so it was just Mm -hmm. it was just very very different for me and I was just like as I listened like I binged the whole first season and then season two was like I think either it was out or about to come out so anyway I ended up binging that and then I was like okay what's next um (laughs) I need more like I was addicted and so I started looking for other ones and I couldn't find it and I was like you know what I'm gonna make my own And I literally kind of went from there. And at the time, um, I was going through my own issues. My mom had just gotten sick and I left one of my, I had two jobs at the time. I left my part-time job. So money started to get funny. My mom was sick. So it was just like a lot going on. And so writing at that time became my therapy. So I actually came up with the idea for past due audio uh, series because of that. That's basically how it started. I started writing it. Like I I tell people all the time, I started writing past due audio series three years ago and I didn't put it out until 2019 because I didn't know what to do with it. I knew what I wanted to do, sort of, but like I didn't know how. And it was just like, okay, by 2019, I had worked through some of my issues that I was going through before. So it was just like, okay, you need to do something with this. But yeah, all of that, it just kind of fell into each other. It just, it just happened, honestly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you mentioned something that was interesting in there that I want to ex- ask you to expand upon. Okay. You said that you had it for three years and you kind of kept it with you because you didn't know how to put it out. So how did you learn how to put it out and like put it together in that way? 
I just kind of made it up. Like I didn't even, <laughs> I knew that, okay, you had to record, you know what I'm saying? And I was familiar with, you know, sound effects and things like that only because I told you I'm a creative. So like years ago, I was like recording my poems and things like that and then putting little sound effects on it. And I used to think that was the coolest thing. Um, and so I had already dabbled with it, you know, just not as professional as it is now, but you know, I had dabbled with that before. So I was like, Oh, that's kind of like what I was doing, but they took it to the next level. So I just got to figure out how to take it to the next level. And honestly, even with the whole season of past due, everybody loved it. However, when I listen to it, I cringe because now <laughs> I know, I know I know how to do it and make it sound great. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I just, after a while I started to, you know, Google and like I'm self-taught in everything I do. Um, so I went rogue. I, I winged it a lot, <laughs> a lot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about like the process that you did to develop, uh, past due. And then we'll get to kiss, uh, sort of chronologically. We'll come to it after we, we sort of talk about this. Okay. But, um, so with past due, as you mentioned, like, it's a show that kind of was like therapy for you. I mm-hmm. mean, like even when listening to it, even without knowing the story behind it, I could tell it was still a really personal show if only for the fact that you like created it and wrote it and acted as the main character, like it was clearly very close to you. So can we talk about once you like wrote the first drafts of it, what was that editing process like since a lot of it may have been raw? Um, it was kind of hectic because I, I didn't realize what I was getting myself into, um, to be the person who was going to not only write it, edit it, and then, I had the nerve to want to be the main character, not like a little <laughs> character, but the main character. Like, Crystal, what were you thinking? And I had a full-time job at the time, so I was doing a whole bunch. But that process, it was hard in the fact that that was the first time that I was even, even though it was fiction, a lot of it is, fi- is fiction, let me just say that. But even having to tell spurts of my reality is difficult. Um, I'm very personal. Uh, and private. And so even having to share even a little bit of myself was kind of hard, but again, it was therapy. So I think that was the hardest part, trying to determine which parts to keep in, which parts to take out. Because like I said, it was like a journal for me. So I'm just writing everything. And then some of it, I'm like, okay, Crystal, they really don't need to know that. Go and take that part out. (laughs) Go and delete that or keep it, but you know, change it so that, cause I did, I definitely had that, um, what's that movie called? Uh, the best man syndrome. Like I was like, I don't want nobody coming after me saying nothing, you know? So I had to definitely of course change names and situations. And so many people were like, Oh, did that happen to such and such? And I'm like, no, I, some people are literally two or three people put together. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to be obvious. Like, Oh, that has to be your friend, such and such. Like, even though people say that anyway, like, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, I definitely put three or four people's uh, scenarios together so that you wouldn't be able to really guess it. Mm. Um, Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say, but that was the the most difficult part of the editing. Uh, And of course, sometimes you don't write exactly like you speak. So I had to go through and edit and make her sound like she would, how the way that she would speak it. So if I'm trying to be politically correct or, you know, uh, even with uh, just how you say certain things, like you might write it out, you know, in 
I cannot think of the word. But anyway, <laughs> um, you just, you don't write the way you speak is the basically what I'm trying to say. So I would have to switch stuff up to make it sound natural other than just being written, you know, professionally. Mm. And you know, that actually is one of the things that first stood out to me when I was listening to past two, besides the fact that like, like the sound design was like good and that stood out to me. But like the, one of the first things was the fact that the writing sounded like me and my friends. Yeah. And I really appreciate that because you don't hear like a lot of like good A-V-E in a lot of audio dramas. So like, I mean, it really stood out. You did a great job. Thank you. Yeah, it was just so musical. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like the writing, the editing, what was the casting process like? Oh, gosh, don't even listen to this. This is horrible. Don't do this. Okay. okay. But I, was just, <laughs> I just, honestly, season one was a free for all. So whenever people hear it and say great things about it, I'm always really, really honored because I didn't know what I was doing, guys, like at all. I did not. Um, Who does? <laughs> so I was getting friends and I did, like, I went on Craigslist and looked up for people also. Mm-hmm. And mind you, some of those people, like the first three episodes, I wrote and recorded and produced all of that three years ago. So that was kind of good, but bad, because once I decided that I was going to finish it, some of those people were like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so it was just like, oh my gosh, I got to continue on and figure this out and things like that. So it was kind of tough. I just, I definitely didn't do it the right way, but I think that was just because I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. This go round, cause we are working on season two. I was able to hire writers and, and things like that. And I already, we're going to have a casting call. So I will not have, we will not go through that again, but big ups <laughs> to all my friends who really, I was like, Hey, record this real quick. Like it was great. All right. To kind of talk about, yeah, I guess it's now it's a fine time. Let's sort of get into like what season two, uh, what the process for like developing season two is like. And one thing that stood out to me when I was doing research and like, you, again, you just said it, is that you have, uh, you're hiring for writers this season. Mm-hmm. And one, I want to know like, what is like business wise to like go on and hire people for this project you're working on? And then two, what's it like creative wise? Because before like, this was your baby, like you were the writer, you had the main creative vision, you developed the voices and now you're bringing on other people. Like what's it like working with other people with something like this? Um, Scary, but also just, it was a load off and not to go into kiss, but I, as soon as past due was done, I waited maybe a month and then started working on putting kiss out, Mm -hmm. which is not a great idea. I mean, it is for people who can do it, bless you. But like, (laughs) it was not a great idea for me because I'm the person that will pack everything on and get everything done and then will just drop everything. Like I went through creative burnout for the all of 2020 because of that, because instead of taking, because I told myself after past due, I'm going to take a little break and then come back and, you know, and put out Kiss. I didn't really have the chance to do that. So it was just a lot with that. But overall, I would say I do, like the writers, um, I knew one of them. And then the other one was someone who uh, was referred to me. And we have, you know, monthly, right now it's about monthly, uh, or yeah, monthly, monthly meetings 
about each episode. So that's kind of how I stay in the loop. And then I say, oh, I don't like this. Yes, I like that. You know, those kind of things. So I'm able to still be involved creatively. It's not just like, here's your, here's your season two, take it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm actually, (laughs) I'm actually involved and I like, I like being uh, hands-on without having to do everything because that was the biggest part of my problem that literally I was a one man band. So it's still going to feel very much me once it comes out, because again, I'm the person who has the last word. So if I need to switch anything up uh, to make it sound more like the main character, Kina, I know what that is, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And you also kind of, you mentioned it in your last answer and you kind of mentioned it earlier, but I just want to ask you to expand on it. What are some things that you um, that you learned from season one that are improving your process for season two? Well, just the biggest one is the sound design. Um, I do get a lot of great feedback on my sound design for season one, but to me, it sounds horrible. Um, so <laughs> I, you know, I'm learning how to make things sound more professional, more polished, and things like that, and learning. Even there were some episodes where literally because, you know, um, I didn't have any expectations of how things were supposed to sound, like people had noises in the background and babies crying and, you know, things honking and stuff. I'm exaggerating, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like a lot of noise and stuff. And I would try to get it out the best I could. But a lot of that, you could just tell like, oh, this you know, these vocals are not great. Um, that won't be happening moving forward because if you don't have have a great mic, a great recording, if I cannot clean it properly or whoever does the sound design can't do that properly or the editing does can't do it properly, it it won't be included. So those things, just making sure because that it takes a lot of work and I'm very anal about how things sound even more now than back then. Um, I, I always tell people like my ear has changed. So any little thing, like I hate listening to certain things because now my ear is just so anal. Like, uh, uh, I can hear the little frizz in that. That doesn't sound good. You know? Um, so those type of things that, that I didn't necessarily have back in 2019 and 2021, my ear is, is is good. We're good. So I I have to hear it a certain kind of way. Um, so I'll definitely be doing things like that. Um, my music choice will be better. I'll, I think I had a dope music choice anyway, but I think it is expanded. Um, so it'll be a lot better um, and things like that. Like just creatively little, it won't be a season two where you're like, that is nothing like season one, but you're going to be like, oh yeah, she stepped her game up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And just a question about like your development as a sound designer. Uh, did that just come by like listening to more stuff and thinking like, oh, that's cool. How do I do that? Or like things like that? Um, sort of, but like, I just, I love the, hearing the sound design in, in projects. So when I'm listening to audio dramas, that's what I'm listening for, you know? Um, and I just, I had to, I became a sound designer by accident. <laughs> okay. So my first three episodes, uh, like I said, I had it done by somebody back in 2017. He was in school at the time though. So when I, I told him about, you know, future episodes, like, I think I'm going to finish this. I know you guys have been waiting for years, but I want to finish this. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just, he was in school and he's like, I don't have a lot of time. And I'm like, Oh man, like I I wanted to work with them, but then again, I'm like, I need somebody who's going to be dedicated to this project. If you can't like 
you know, ensure that I'm going to have like a two week turnaround or three week, like telling me you don't know when you're going to get it back to me. Like that made me nervous. And so I was like, okay, Crystal, um, you can do this because literally even with the first episode, I did a lot of the editing and sound effects myself Mm -hmm. because I'm anal. I don't even want people to hear it bad. You know what I'm saying? So I would put it together and like, okay, this is how I want it. Like give them like a, a reference. It was like a reference track, so to speak. So I would give them the reference of how it should sound. And then if you can find better sounds, then you do that. But I would, I would lay everything down anyway. I just didn't know how to, you know, polish it, mix and master and do all of that stuff to make it sound good. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. one thing that I think um, that you can definitely see like from your work with uh, past do is like in kiss, right? Like I listen because I listen to both, and so mm-hmm. like the working, the sound design in Kiss really is. You can tell that it's elevated from the work in Past Due, even though you said they're like right back to back. So you can really see like where where it's sort of like how quickly you uh, leveled up, so to speak. Well, thank you. I am anal, so I'm gonna sit there until <laughs> I get it right. <laughs> um, now speaking of Kiss, yes, I did pre- provide myself my own transition. But speaking <laughs> of Kiss. What was that like? Because like a psychosexual filler, I mean, like that's, that's fun stuff. And again, that's not something I see a lot of in the audio drama world. So like, how'd that come to, how'd that come to be? Well, actually, so, um, back in, I want to say I'm bad with dates. I want to say 2014, uh, a good friend of mine, Morsan and I co-wrote a book called Tomorrow Seduction, Kiss of Death. And we just knew it was going to blow up. We thought we were going to be bestsellers overnight. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> it was, don't get me wrong. Like the book was good, you know, and we got it around to a lot of people. We just, it, you know, it was just presumptuous to assume everybody who is a self-publisher, they already know that's not how that works. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Generally, it's not how it works. You don't just write a book and then the next day you're famous. And I think we just... We assumed that that would happen and that's not how it happened. But we knew we had a great story. And so we were dabbling around, like we got, uh, we wrote a film for it. So even now there is a script that's there for a film, but we didn't have money for a film. So we were like, okay, so what, <laughs> what are we going to do with this? And so once I did pass due, you know, I wanted to come up with other concepts and I wanted to, it to be separate from past due. Like I want to flip the script. I don't, I'm not the person who's going to keep out, put, keep putting out the same project. Yeah. Um, and so I want people to be like, wait, where did that come from? Why did you do that? You know? So <laughs> I was like, let's make tomorrow's seduction kiss of death into a series, but let's, let's switch it up. So it's not exactly the book. Um, so the main character tomorrow is that's still the same in the book. It kind of goes through her life. Uh, she's a teenager still, or like a young adult in the, um, in the book. Hmm. So, you know, you meet her friends and all of that and you know, that type of thing. But the book doesn't really go into detail about her murders, you know? And so (laughs) I wanted to kind of, or the backstory, like, you know what I'm saying? You might, see this person or that person, but you don't know how she met them and things like that. So I was like, what if we did standalone episodes? Because I wanted it again to be different to past due standalone episodes where literally all of her victims have an episode. So you, you go through how she met them, uh, you know, their encounters and then their death in one episode. I, I just, I don't know. I just thought that was so cool. I was like, let's do that. And so she agreed. So, 
um, we both wrote the entire season and then um, we cast for it and that was that. Hmm. I get you kind of talked about like how you adapted her in age and such and sort of the the um no, I don't think that's a question that I have. I wasn't gonna phrase that correctly. Okay. <laughs> okay, then here's the thing, right? Okay. okay. How about this? So when it comes to kiss, like being like the psychosexual thriller and stuff, like how do you plan how do you plan for like multiple seasons of that? Like what what's your vision for it? So it's not going to be multiple seasons of it. I am. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes. So I am going to have another season Uh, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but it's going to be, I've decided to do um, the movie that we never had. So Mm -hmm. season two will be uh, a movie, uh, audio movie, and you'll get the rest of it and that'll be it. So it'll be all of the things that you wanted to know because a lot of people their thing was how is she getting away with this stuff what is she doing like you know that is my question yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so um that will be answered in the audio movie okay and could you expand on like your idea of what an audio movie is because like every now and then like i hear about it but i want to hear like when you say audio movie what do you mean I literally mean it's going to be an audio movie, like a movie without the without the face. Okay, um, I I call it face a faceless film. I coined that, by the way, so don't nobody steal it. It's gonna Got be you. a face a fil- <laughs> a faceless film, and that's basically what it is. So you're gonna have all of the you know sound effects and all of the experiences that you would in a real movie, but it's gonna be you know an audio drama. So basically there will not be episodes. You're going to get one long, <laughs> like two hour, two hour situation. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's going to be quite a feat. That's going to be really impressive. Yeah. And it's going to take a long time, which is why I haven't started it yet. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have the idea and the concept, which I've been doing for a long time, but I'm just like, it's going to take so long. I really need to be, have time to really, you know, map it out. Mm. And, okay, and and one thing, one more thing before we, like, start to get into, like, your outside of, like, past due or kiss, like, your general audio drama work, especially when it comes to Black people and Black women. Mm -hmm. Before we get to that, I just want to ask this one question. So, like, one thing that I've noticed about you, like, if I, if someone would say, like, yo, what's Experience Jay's, like, like, what's, like, what's her, her thing? Like, how Wes Anderson has, like, symmetry or Quentin Tarantino has violence, but pretty. I would say like one of your things is like incorporating like artists and, and music into your work. It happens in Kiss, uh, like with gospel music and stuff. And mm-hmm. those sermons, by the way, very, very accurate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it happens like with gospel music and like soloists and in past two, it happens with like independent artists and like incorporating it. Mm-hmm. And even like in episode two, your character, uh, she even says music can take me to another universe. She has like a whole monologue about how music makes her feel. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, uh, what led you to make those sort of choices? And then how you how do you go about like securing talent and music uh, to put into your work? So music is literally my life. That is a line that I would absolutely say myself. My whole life is a musical. Let me just say that. Um, and so I, I live in music. Like everything I see and do is methodical that way. So music is just one of those natural progressions for me. Like I even, as we're doing this interview, if I was to produce it, like I can hear the music that will go under us, those uh-huh. type of things. Like I, that's how I function. So everything I do, um, 
writing and music are like a tug of war, a tug of war for like my first loves. They're both like, no, it's me. No, it's me. Like that kind of thing. Uh, so they kind of, I can't do a project that doesn't incorporate uh, music. Even with my sound design, as, as I begin to do sound design for other people, you're going to, like you just said, you're going to know it's me because those songs that are incorporated in there, um, a lot of people, they just, they don't really incorporate a lot of music into their sound design. They just think it's sound effects. For me, I literally hear where the music is supposed to go. And I'm like, oh, that would be dope. Especially like when something dramatic is happening, like on a movie, that's where they play the music, you know, but a lot of um, audio dramas, I noticed they don't do that. Mm -hmm. But that's how, that's, I guess that's my thing. That's how I'm able to like, no, if we're going to make it a movie, it's going to be a movie. The only thing that's going to be missing is the the visual. How do you go about like finding these artists? Like, do you reach out? Like, who are they? And how do you uh, reach out to them? And like, what's the business behind getting them, licensing their music for your show? So past due, don't listen to me for this because past due, I did it all wrong. Okay. Um, well, not all wrong, but like, you know, I was just, again, I have a lot because I've always been engulfed in music and things like that. All of my friends, well, the mass majority of my friends are also in entertainment or, you know, musical in some type of way. So a lot of those people, I, I basically reached out to like, I need your song for this. I need your song for that. I even have an exes song. <laughs> in there included in there and things like that just make sure that you of course get an nda sign make sure that you have permission whatever you need to a work for hire agreement whatever you need to do to cover yourself for those particular songs and things like that make sure you have that um for kiss i was I actually found a few you know websites that had you know licensed music that you just pay for mm-hmm. week, you know monthly or whatever which came in handy because they they a lot of the ones that i found catered to um the the local artists which i like that like i don't want to necessarily have the new the new songs in there. I get that, you know, that's cool, but I love being able to be like, Oh, this person, you know, um, was featured in, in my podcast and things like yeah. that. So definitely if you, ask, even if you ask a local or indie artist, just make sure that they own their music. Cause that's the most important. If they own their musics, the sky's the limit. If they don't own it, things can get kind of tricky. So just make sure that they own it. And um, yeah. And of course have that contract and things like that in place okay well i'm now gonna pivot uh to work outside of like your your actual work work and more of like your general audio drama work so one thing that i want to talk about in particular was your event or the event called black woman speaks mm-hmm. uh black woman speak which mm-hmm. you can by the way you can follow them at twitter it's the same name but um you did a panel and i just want to sort of want to talk about like what was it like cultivating that panel what drove you to do that and uh yeah, just like talk talk about that. So I have these midnight hour ideas that come to me <laughs> sometimes and I don't know what to do with them. Uh, and that was actually a midnight hour idea. Actually, this is going to sound so funny, but I swear it's the truth. So I'm also into like astrology and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met with someone who did a reading for me and she mentioned that I was going to do something like this in the next coming months. And I was just like, 
I don't know what you're talking about because I don't have that. Like, it was still 2020. It was closing out, I think, 2020. And I was just like, I I was going through a creative burnout. That's the easiest way I can say it. So I didn't want to do nothing. I didn't want, <laughs> like, I was just like, no, I'm just, I was really, that year, I took my time to kind of, I would say build community, if you will. So I was meeting a lot of people and things during that time. But like people were like, oh, when's season two coming out? Or when are you going to do this? And I'm like, I don't have time for none of that. I'm, I'll just be <laughs> honest. I'm not doing any of that. I just want to sit here and enjoy my time not doing anything. And she told me that. And I was just like, she mentioned, and I can't remember verbatim, but she mentioned um, that I was going to do something that involves women. And I was just like, uh, I mean, I love black women. I love all women, but of course. that wasn't on my mind. You know, I was just like, what is she talking about? Like, what? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> literally maybe like a few days later, and she told me when it was going to happen, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. g- generally. And so I was just like, what could I possibly, so that made my wheel start spinning. Like, what could I possibly do for women? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm an introvert. A lot of people don't re- know that about me. I'm extreme introvert and I have social anxiety. Um, I use laughter and my comedy and things like that to kind of mask it, but it's very real. So I don't want to talk to nobody. Like what? Um, <laughs> you think I'm going to get some people together to do what? What? You crazy. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. One night I was just thinking, I was like, man, you know what? I realized that there are a whole bunch of, black women in audio but I don't know them and why don't I know like even when people mm-hmm. are like oh you do sound design I'm like yeah they're like I've I've never seen that and that's I'm like you're, you're right I don't really see that usually when I'm in events and things like that uh or you know podcast festivals and things like that all the sound designers are white men that I see so I just was like okay well um, I think that I need to do something, <laughs> you know, to kind of get us all together in one room. I also do voiceover, of course. Yes. Um, so I was like, okay, like I want to invite voiceover artists, people in radio, people in podcasts, uh, audio dramas, all black women. Um, also during the time, you know, black lives matter was flourishing and things like that. And I wanted to do my part. Now, I'm not a frontliner. I'm not a picket person, picket sign person. You're not going to find me out on those streets. Bless you. I'll pray for you. But that's not me. That's not my ministry. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> um, but I know how to get people together. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, this is my little part because I'm trying to thrive in a field where we're not seen. You know what I'm saying? Like when yeah. you think about audio the faces of it don't look like me. And so, you know, that for me, that was like, okay, how do I do that? And so, of course, like I said, midnight hour idea. Um, I kind of threw some stuff together, called some people who I knew could help me make some things happen. And then I was like, okay, before I knew it, like I put out on Twitter, like, you know, a basic 
anybody want to speak. When I tell you, it was like retweeted over 200 times. Like, it was crazy how it mm-hmm. happened. And I was just like, oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> too much. I didn't know that this was going to happen like this. I didn't know that that was going to happen. Like, people were like, wow, this is beautiful. I want to be a part of it. And I was just like, okay, well, let me scale it back because I'm not ready to do a whole yearly festival yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will do is a panel of about 10 or so. And at first I wanted to only to be like three or four, but everybody who submitted that I selected was just so dope. I was like, okay, all y'all about to speak. Come on. We're going to put all y'all on the panel. (laughs) (laughs) So we had like 10 ladies and, um, they were all really super supportive. Um, and a lot of them, uh, were were multi-hyphenates like myself. And so they, you know, did multiple things in, you know, the audio field and things like that. And it was just so dope. Um, we had a great time. I got to sit in the background because that's what I do. Like I said, I don't like to be seen. Um, and so they were able to speak and just, it was it was so dope. And I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I like curating events. I don't need to be the face of it, but I do want to help curate it and get it popping. So I made sure that I put the Twitter and the Instagram together and I'm softly working on the next event because everybody keeps asking me. I'm softly working on it. Um, and it'll be dedicated to- towards people like me, like the uh, sound designers and music editors, things like that. Um, because that is real. Like you see black people or bl- even black women, voice artists, you see those people. Um, but when it comes to sound design, like people, we're like leprechauns, honestly. Yeah, one yeah. million. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, that's going to be our next event. Um, I'm still fishing for dates and, um, we'll see what happens, but I'm excited. Best of luck with that. I look forward to, uh, to, to listening to it. I think that's gonna be really exciting. So I watched the video uh, of that panel Mm -hmm. and I was waiting for you to talk, but I I now know that you were, you were the curator. So that wasn't like your thing. Mm -hmm. However, I did want you to answer some of the questions that they asked in that panel because I thought it'd be interesting. So I'm going to run through some of those. So one question that stood out to me was when uh, Yanni Smith of Harlem Queen made mention of the fact that when she first started, that she knew nobody. And then that's also kind of what I feel uh, because I also just started and you like we said, like black people were there, but we're not like the face of the thing. So I'm searching out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just want to know, like, how did you go about building community inside this audio drama world? I literally just started following, like, that's how I came up with Black um, Audio Dramas Exist. It started out me stalking (laughs) other Black creators who were doing what I was doing, and I didn't know that they were doing it. So I started out with Google and things like that to Black Audio Dramas. And if something would pop up, I would click it and go follow them and actually um, Aisha Casey of Deadbeats. Oh, she, I like that beat so much. Yes. She, <laughs> so she connected because she, she started listening to my audio drama and she loved it. And I love dead beats. And so we kind of connected and I told her what I wanted to do. And she was like, I'm in. So we kind of built black audio dramas exist from there. And we were like, okay, we have to get all of us in one room. I don't know how to do it, whatever, but it's literally, I think, it was like right in the midst of the pandemic, like when this started to happen. And so we're like, Zoom, let's, we're going to get a Zoom call. And literally it was maybe 20 or maybe more of us on one phone call. And it was like the most beautiful thing because I had never 
seen it. Like, you know, of course I started, we started adding all the shows and eventually I was like, okay, what, what can we do? We have to do something. So again, we started the Instagram and the Twitter page. And then I was like, we need to do a database to kind of, um, you know, hold all of this stuff together, but I didn't know what to use. And it was actually Faith McQuinn of, um, of Observer Picks. Yeah. Yes, of Observer Picks. And she reached out and was like, hey, there's this thing where you guys can put all of the, you know, things together. And so she gave me that link. And so I literally hand by hand, one by one going on there. And I started to fill in all of the black audio dramas I could find starring, edited, produced by um voice by anything that has anything to do with us i put it in there yeah i also appreciate how black audio drama uh black audio dramas exist gets so much of the diaspora like it's not just black americans or like black people in the western world like it really is across the entire breadth of us so that's yes, also really absolutely. cool absolutely absolutely another question that was in that panel that i wanted to ask you so uh this one was asked and it was, what do you think the biggest obstacle is for Black audio drama creators currently? The biggest obstacle would be, and I guess I can say it like this, uh, visibility. I feel like there's there's two parts to that because one, um, people don't know that we exist. So that that was the main reason why I named it Black Audio Dramas Exist. I didn't even know it existed. You know what I'm saying? So if I didn't even know it existed, and I'm a Black creator, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're not being seen now. Now, we're getting a little traction now, you know what I'm saying? But overall, like, people don't know we exist. And so um, when they're a top 10 list with best audio dramas and none of us is included. It's like, you can't be listening to all, you can't be listening to this because if you listen to any of our, you know, dramas, you would see that, come on, it's some that's up there. That's much better than the ones that are listed and no shade to, you know, my white counterparts, but you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, come on, you, you can't, you have to be a little more well, well-rounded than that. Or you might see one in the list and you're like, oh, thanks. But there's no way that only one of us is as good as the other one. So visibility would be the, na- the, the main thing. And then on top of that, there are so many people who don't even know about audio dramas at all. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Like, forget. So imagine when they find out, we're not going to be the first ones at the top of the list they find. So that, that, you know, that, e- that drops us down even more. So, um, I think if we had a more, like a, a major platform that would just really push us, that would be great. That would be beautiful, but you know, I'm not going to hold my breath with that. So that's why I'm trying to do my part into just getting the word out because we can't wait around hoping somebody's going to save us from the castle. Mm. All right. Um, oh, within that, you're mentioning visibility. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know, like, how do you go about marketing your own shows to like reach as many people as possible? I'm not great at that. <laughs> I guess I see a lot of other people promoting their shows more than I do promote my own shows. Mm. I'm more of a, I'm promoting myself. And then when I promote myself, you're going to see what I do. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I haven't figured it out yet. Um, but that's just that's just what I do. So I will promote the heck out of Experience J um, with anything I do. Because a lot of people are like, man, I didn't even know you did that. And I'm like, yep, do that too. 
Uh, (laughs) So I I just, that's how I go about promoting my shows. Cause I don't, I am the type of person, I don't want to push me down your throat. Mm -hmm. Um, I want it to be to where you come looking for me. So I'm not going to be every single day. Go listen to past due. Go listen to past due. Go, you know, past due exists at this point. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, I just do my other things. I, I enjoy poetry and, um, I enjoy hip hop and all those type of things. I'm a songwriter. I, you know, so I I just got into TikTok and being funny and things like that. So, um, which has gotten a lot of feedback that I didn't think it was going to get, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, oh, okay, I could do that. Um, so I just, I want to promote myself because at the end of the day, I want Experience J to be a brand. And then once you know Experience J, you're going to go looking for the things that I do. All right. All right. Oh, one more thing that uh, I kind of got from like the last couple of questions uh, from a couple of questions ago, you were talking about like how you weren't, how you weren't ready to like create an annual black, uh, black podcast festival yet. Mm -hmm. And that yet had me intrigued. Is that something that you're interested in? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. It's, it's coming. It's going to happen. Black audio dramas exist. We're going to have one. Also, Black Women Speak, I want to do, you know, a yearly thing with that, too, because I just think that's so dope. Um, but again, I'm a, I am can't be a one-man band forever, you know, mm-hmm. and I need people to <laughs> round the troops and help and things like that. And, you know, but definitely it is in the works. I've written, you know, things out. Okay, this is how it's going to look and things like that. It's just about having the time and the help because I know that I can't do it alone. Mm. And okay. Okay. I look forward to that. That's going to be, that's going to be real exciting. And I will buy tickets to go to that. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Okay. So another thing that I wanted to ask about was you started audio dramas relatively recently, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. relatively, and you started black audio dramas exist even more recently. But I do want to ask, like, have you noticed any changes since you started it? And, and like where the state of black audio dramas is now, like, have you noticed any shifts? Absolutely. Um, I will say when we first um, started black audio dramas exist there, I mean, people were paying attention to certain shows like shout out to Yanni Smith, Harlem queen is a crossover show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the one audio drama that I knew of that was by a black person that everybody kind of knew in the audio world. You know, if you, if you mention it nine times out of 10, if they listen to audio dramas, they know about Harlem queen. And so especially during Juneteenth and matter of fact, this just popped up on my, uh, what is it called? When they show you a year ago today or whatever. Oh, you memories. Memories. Yeah. Yeah. And even on IG, um, we had at that time, I want to say 10, 10 black audio dramas in the top, um, 100 of Apple podcasts, mm-hmm. um, which had never happened before. Um, <laughs> at one time we also had, uh, several of us featured in the, uh, I forgot what they called it, but basically new fall something they gave it a category on Apple podcast main pages. Uh Um, So a lot of those things were not happening until like we became a thing and started reaching out and saying, Hey, y'all need to promote us and y'all need to do this and that, you know? Um, 
So during that time, like I would say the majority of not that people weren't listening before, but the majority of my listens came around once black audio dramas exist, uh, became a thing. One day I had this many and the next day I I was almost at, you know, I, I want to say maybe I had like two or 3000 by the time we had, produ- you know, published and all that other stuff and came out with black audio dramas exist. I was already at 10,000. Oh gosh. Yeah. It, it jumped. I'm not even, yeah. gonna, it jumped. <laughs> oh, that's really, that's really impressive. That's so cool. All right, uh, here's here's another question that I that I had as well because you kind of you've kind of been mentioning it throughout the podcast is that during 2020 you underwent a period of creative burnout, and I wanted to ask now that it's 2021 you're working on season two you're you're doing other stuff so I, I wanted to ask like how are you managing your time and yourself so that uh, to avoid that creative burnout again? Um, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not fully out of the creative burnout, honestly, which is why it was helpful to have those things in place like writers, because honestly, I was like, ain't nobody getting no season two. Won't be no season two here. <laughs> you got what I, you got. Yeah. Got what yeah. you got. Enjoy it. She going to be all right. Kina will be all right. Um, <laughs> and then people were like, you have to, you have to. And I just felt the pressure that made me even stall even more because I was like, people really want it and I'm going to tick a lot of people off if I don't and so I was just like okay fine but I I will compromise but I need to figure this out because I can't be the one man band again going around you know the second time around so I was able to hire some writers who you know literally all I'm gonna have to do is go and edit and that is great compared to everything else I would have had to do I will say I I say no to things now oh that's really good yeah I say no and with no hesitation, like I, I found my boundaries in 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, and I stuck to them. I was a person and I'm not a person who doesn't, well, I guess, uh, who doesn't know her boundaries or, you know, but I, when I like you, I will kind of bend them. So to speak. Yeah. yeah. I noticed that about myself. Cause like, you know, people who don't exert their boundaries, they're kind of, um, usually people consider them like a pushover, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I never equated that with th- that other part. And I actually learned this in therapy. She's like, you know, you don't have to be a pushover to to be, you know, not sticking to your boundaries because you equate one with the other. Like somebody who's timid or whatever, you just let people do whatever. She's like, that's, that's, not, how, that's not what that means, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to stick to if you if the answer is no it it doesn't have to be well maybe a little later if your answer is no no is a complete sentence yeah um and so just learning that cuz i realized like i said before when i like people i'll be like okay well give me an hour to get myself together but now it's just like yeah i don't think i'm going to be able to do that just being okay with that and saying no to certain things everything is is not necessarily for you or you're not going to miss out on anything by saying no to somebody I think that is a very, I think that's a very important lesson that a lot of people, including myself, could always learn, always <laughs> be learned. <laughs> okay, um, we're kind of back winding down, but I did want to get in this question because uh, I'm curious. So in your bio, it states that uh, you recently established Just Listen Media. And I want to know, like, what spurred that decision and what exactly is Just Listen Media? <laughs> So basically, it's going to be the home of all things audio dramas, all like basically no visuals, all audio. 
And so I established it, but I haven't put anything out per se under that title Mm -hmm. yet. Other than I did do a collaboration um, with Faith um, called Highway Child back in October. It was for the, uh, the 11th hour audio. So basically you do horror and scary kind of things or whatever. So that was the first time I introduced, um, just listen, uh, at all. So, you know, but I haven't put out like our premiere or staple project yet, which I'm also in the process of writing. It will actually be like I was saying before the, an audio movie. So it will be, it will be an audio movie that I will introduce it to the world that way to kind of show the things that I, that we're doing and will do. Like I see people with, you know, production companies and like channels or whatever, but that's, that's how I want uh, this company to be. I want it to be all things audio where you can literally like at five o'clock, this comes on at seven o'clock, this comes on like, like I a want station, a, a real station. So that is what I'm working towards. And eventually, of course, it will be, you know, my projects for now. But eventually, once I get the funding and things that I really need, I want to open it up to other Black creatives to come put their their audio dramas and their audio whatever on the channel, you know. Bet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Power to you with that. That sounds really dope. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. So we're at the uh, end of our interview, more or less. But before we get to like our last, last question, I do want to ask, are there any podcasts or audio dramas you're listening to right now that I like really, that you just really love and enjoy? COVID-39 has, is a dope podcast. That was, I guess, out of the whole time, like over the pandemic, that was the one that really kept my attention the most. Um, and to where I like, I was like, they released their last 10 episodes and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I need more. Like it, it's really, really, it's really, really good. Um, of course, Harlem Queen. I had to listen to it over because the first go around, I don't think I appreciated it enough, <laughs> and so I went back and I listened to it again. And shout out to Yanni. I was blessed to do the sound design for her second podcast, um, the Courtship of Mona May. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's so cool. And I'm actually working on her third season of Harlem Queen. And the first season, I mean, the first episode is out now. Yeah, just dropped today. Yes. So I was blessed to be able to be a part of that. Um, But yeah, I and I'm going to go listen to it. Like I didn't do the sound design on it because I'm that's how much of a fan I am. So I'm really (laughs) going to go and listen to it again. Um, Who else? I don't know how recently it was, but I started listening to Handmaid's Tale, the audio version. Like Handmaid's Tale, like the the market. Yes. Oh, I did not know that they had an audio version. Is it still like a fiction, like a different story within the universe or? It's like a fiction podcast version of it. Just, you know. Oh, snap. I know. I didn't know. I just found that the other day and I started listening like I never watched the whole, all of the seasons. I definitely lied then because I said that was going to be the second last question, but that brought up something new. Okay. So, <laughs> so like the concept of like a handmade, uh, the Handmaid's Tale part, audio drama is like kind of blowing my mind right now because like it was a book, now it's a TV show, now it's an audio drama. Right. And with you starting like your own station with uh, Just Listen Media, mm-hmm. I'm kind of asking you like, 
are you interested at all in like multimedia creation like that? Like you make it an audio drama, you're going to sell the TV rights or like be a co-producer on the television show, maybe write a book about it in the universe. Like, is that something that you'd be interested in? Absolutely. I, I'm not against film at all, you know, and other, and TV, like I told you, like I, you know, um, Kiss was a book first, you know what I'm saying? And then we were going to do a film. We just didn't have the funding, but you know, I am speaking it into the universe that I'm going to have all the funding that I need to do all the things I want to do. And so absolutely film and television will be a part of that also. Just not under, you know, the just listen brand, but overall we will do it. Okay. Yes. I want, I want to keep that pure. You know what I'm saying? I want it to be audio. Of course you can have other sectors like the same name and then say, put a little visual behind it or whatever. And this is the reason why, because I know sometimes when you get into other sectors of media, audio gets lost in the sauce because of that. Yeah. It still seems like a second option instead of the first. Yeah. I I want it to be the other way around when it comes to my media company. We do audio here, but Oh, you want to, you want to film or whatever. Okay. We'll do that too. Cool. All right. So this is going to be the last question right here. Uh, so, Crystal, you are doing really cool stuff. I, I'm, I, I think your idea about should just listen media. I think that's really cool, and I really look forward to like seeing what that becomes. Uh, Past to do season two is going to come out soon, and that's going to be fantastic. I know it. Kiss is going to have an audio movie or a faceless film, as you say. It's going to be like really cool stuff. You're doing really cool stuff. So I want to know, like, with all of these things that you're doing, I want to know how you'll know when you've made it. It's funny. I think I was just talking about this not too long ago about how do you know when you've made it? Um, when I've made it, I will, I will say, cause I'm harder on myself than anybody else. So anybody's mm-hmm. criticism and everything like that's nothing compared to the criticism I give myself, which is not a great thing, but it, it, it gives you, I, I guess, a lot tougher skin when it comes to dealing with people. Cause it's like that, what? You said that? Oh, that's nothing. I, I do that to myself all the you time. You should hear what goes on in my head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's nothing. But I, when I, I think when I make it is when, um, I'm a, when I'm no longer afraid to just do it. I have a lot of fear when it comes to certain things. And of course my motto, uh, has been for last year and this year, do it afraid, just do it afraid. And a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, I know everyone's like, oh, that's so cool. I am scared out of my mind to do some of the stuff that I'm doing because it's it's going to be much bigger than me. And mm-hmm. I know that. And trying to conceptualize that is not an easy thing for an overthinker, but I'm going to keep overthinking it and trying to conceptualize. And you can't. <laughs> some things are just, it's above me now. It's bigger than me. Um, yeah. And so... And I, as I see it playing out before me every day, I'm literally in awe, like even down to this interview, like, wow, you want to talk to me? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, so things like that. But I think when I actually make it is when I'm not just telling myself, I'm not like, cause right now, like I said, I'm doing it afraid, but once I'm actually no longer afraid at all to just move when it's time to move, that's when I'll know I made it. Cause there's, there will be no reason. I, I will have no reason to be afraid, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I'll know I made it once I'm no longer afraid to just do dope shit and excuse my language, but that's, that's <laughs> when I'm just no longer afraid to do it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well then 
Thank you for sharing your answer. Could you tell us, could you tell the people where they can find you? I am on, let's see, Facebook under my government name, Crystal Judkins. <laughs> I'm also on there under uh, Experience J. There is a past due audio series Facebook and a Kiss the Audio series Facebook also. On, <laughs> on, on Instagram, you can follow me at Experience J. I have a past due audio series, a Kiss the Audio series, and... Uh, the black audio dramas exist. I told you it was too many. And <laughs> and the black women speak page. Uh, so if you put all of that in IG or Google or somewhere, it will come up because I don't want to waste all of that time. But yes, also on Twitter, um, all of those names, you can find us all over. Thank you for listening to episode six of On Their Way season three. On Their Way was created, hosted, and edited by me, Jade Madison Scott. The theme was composed by Baggio Alvarado, and the logo was created by Marco Coy. If you'd like to help us continue to make podcasts like On The Way or our other show, Retribution, you can support us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. In addition to helping us pay for crew and overhead, you'd also gain early access to episodes and exclusive content. You can find the link on our website, wgcproductions.com. You can also show us some love by following us at WithGoodCo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and telling your friends about us. Next week, we'll be talking to podcast creator David Oyom Pena. And as always, I appreciate you for listening, and please take care of yourselves and each other.